0: comment and share. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning, everyone. It's V the Grill Economist coming to you live on this edition of V for Velas. Velas is with us. He's going to be breaking down the geopolitical, geostrategic, geoeconomic, a lot of things going around globally in the, around the world, so I can't wait for him to get into it. But before he does, we ask that you, you go to MyCBDEdibles.com, MyCBDEdibles.com for all your CBD edible goodness, no matter what it is, if it's doggy treats or even CBD isolate-infused coffee. Go there and grab it, and also go check out roguenews.com. That is where everything is posted. It is the central hub of all things geopolitical, geostrategic, geoeconomic. Uh, I I mean, we have articles posted there, special video reports, the whole nine yards. Go check it out. And with that being said, fellas, CJ, what's going on, gentlemen? How are you guys? How are you guys both doing before we here on the July 4th? Well, You know, you know what? I am I'm doing crazy.
1: wonderful. The weather here is going to be... Perfect today, mid-70s, low humidity, sunny, I'm 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 in heaven. I feel like I should be doing the show outside today. <laughs> That's not a bad idea, Siege.
0: That's not a bad idea. One of these days, bro. Yeah, we have a
2: definite reprieve here in the Midwest for at least today. I've got the windows open. I know it's supposed to be a scorcher, and one of our guests was talking about in Wisconsin it's supposed to hit 90 this weekend. Um, yeah, but... Today, I mean, I opened the windows today and I'm like, oh yeah, <laughs> I'm turning
0: the AC off. Give me a little of this. <laughs> exactly. It's beautiful outside. Absolutely gorgeous. Velas, lots going on. We got planes landing in the water again. We have. Um, I saw that. <laughs> if it's a Boeing, I ain't going. <laughs> 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 Used to be, if it's a Boeing, I'm going. You know, now it's like the exact opposite. I If, if I'm booking a flight, I, I explicitly make sure I'm not on a 737.
2: <laughs> yeah and it's it's a sad it's a sad thing that that especially with some of the folks i used to work with uh at the air force that did a lot of of um, destructive testing you know when you fly with those folks it's always interesting because i did have one or two occasions where we're standing at the gate heading off to some conference or something and they'd look at me and go oh wait a minute this is an airbus you know whatever model and they'd be like no <laughs> i'm like what uh, i can't really get into it but we we did so i don't want to be on this plane
0: <laughs> I hate it when you guys do that to me <laughs>
1: something uh, on someone's mic is is either either rubbing their shirt collars or, or something or or someone's a little bit i I'm, i
0: don't know me
1: okay yeah yeah all right how about now i I don't think it's me. Okay, I don't all think right. It's me. Okay, maybe it's just me. It's you, CJ. Oh, it might be me. If if anyone <laughs> in the audience wants PCG, to let me know, stop rubbing your shoulder.
0: <laughs>
1: Go ahead, fellas. I'm sorry.
2: Okay. Well, let me let me launch into it, and you gentlemen, be kind enough to jump in, uh, wherever you want to jump in. Um, yeah, as as V was saying at the front end there, uh, please uh, do go to the Rogue News website and make sure you're subscribed there. And also, uh, if you'd all be so kind, send uh, friends or family or those with an interest also to the to the YouTube site as well while we're still here, as well as the the main page, um, Discord. Yes, Discord. just an awareness. Uh, I've got I got a lot of stuff. I was joking with CJ before the show, everybody that that <laughs> I've got enough content right now. Um, I could probably, I could probably go three hours straight, but I'm not going to do that to all of you. Um, so number one, I got a lot of content coming. Number two, um, there's a lot of stuff I post on discord. There's just some things that because it's, it's uh, aging, if you will, it's like, I might as well just post it on discord. I don't have time to kind of do it here on the show. So for instance, just a couple of items. And for any of you who are on the, the hashtag Vellis, uh, link in discord, um, and if you're not on Discord, please get on Discord. Uh, Tuesday, June 29th, uh, I posted a piece about that the HARP. For those of you who know what that is, up in Alaska, H A A R P. They're firing up HARP again up in Alaska. Uh, Dan Bongino has a new payment system to try and help people avoid uh, the cancel culture. I posted that on Tuesday. Uh, quite a bit of a media blackout about Julian Assange right now, as well as that his primary accuser retracted their statements. Um. I had a story uh, from the Indian press about how India is viewing more and more carbon credits uh, as a form of slavery and colonialism from their their viewpoint. And then a rather uh, odd and amusing one, on Wednesday the 30th, I posted a clip uh, from somebody doing kind of a breakdown of a video game that was popular back in
0: the early 2000s called Metal Gear 2. Love Metal Gear. Yes, Sons of Liberty. and Yeah,
2: and it what's kind of wild about this one, I mean, there's a lot of that stuff that I'm aware of, but like anything in life, there's, there's always you stuff. You should I play don't.
0: it, man. Dude, you should play it. it I, was,
2: I was more Unreal Tournament, insane. dude. I was more, back in the day, I was more Unreal Tournament and uh,
0: Quake. Yeah, um, that first-person shooter stuff? Yeah, uh, yeah I was yeah. one of the first, go ahead. The storyline in Metal Gear, yeah. I, I played that when I was in college, right? So the storyline in Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty, my God. It, 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 it. I mean, the guy who directed and created the game is a genius of individual named Hideo Kojima out of Japan. This guy like spent time working with special operations forces in terms of like trying to study them, the techniques, this, that, and the other. Uh, the storyline is incredible. I recommend. I mean, just if you could, if if there's a YouTube video where they just do the 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 cinematics of the game and they just do the storyline, just watch it. It and is incredible. And it, that's and it ties what in a lot of the 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 stuff that that's happening today, especially the powers that be and all that stuff. Go ahead, Dallas.
2: Yeah, well, I, and and that's what I posted, everybody. It was it was exactly that. It was a person breaking down these different. Some of you may be familiar with some of these games that you play. That it kind of pauses in between the action. It gives you a little video, especially back in the two thousands. That was a big deal because you had this little CD disc sitting in your desktop computer where it was, a, it was a groundbreaking thing at that time that you could have uh, you know actual video clips and stuff versus what we've got today. But one of the things that was wild about that game, because it was released in 2001, and one of the premises in there was is that it, it shows you these clips of an artificial intelligence talking to one of the main characters. And it talks about how the AI was using division within society to keep kind of people under control. And um, it still kills me. This was 20, 20 years ago. And of course, what kills me is <laughs> one of the bad actors in that game was called the Patriots. Yep. Which I find funny. Yep. Uh, the other thing I've got uh, that occurs often out there on uh, Discord is both uh, private conversations I've been having with folks, as well as back and forths with Kogapat, Crypto Cowboy, Spec Ops, and a whole bunch of other folks. Uh, that I've been having out there. So uh, it's a neat place. If you have a chance, go go check that out. Um, my normal weekly soundbite, uh, we have no answers on the Nashville thermobaric explosion from December, nor the French OVH cloud data center fire from last March. Uh, Julian Assange is still in prison. Uh, Jeff Epstein did not kill himself. And whether John McAfee did or did not kill himself, uh, we will need to continue to monitor what happens there. And last but not least, not to be too prophetic, Julian Assange did not kill himself. Um, No specific victories this week. I know a lot of you look forward to that, and I've heard from a number of you um, kind of thanking me for throwing that into the show. Um, Just can't get that in this week. I apologize. But I would like to point out, you know, every week we're on this program is a victory. Uh, It's a victory when we keep the information flowing. It's a victory when Matthew Arrett can get into the depth of what he's doing we can let Gus loose and then immediately move that program over to the Rogue News website. I've, I've actually reached out to a couple of you who have been on Discord saying, hey, where's the Gus show? It's like, if you will just go to your left, you'll find it sitting over there on the Rogue News page at this location. Um, so there's many forms of victory. So so I will get into the specifics I know a lot of you are looking for, but I did, I did want to point that out. Um, the other thing, too, is much like my comment about, about the Metal Gear game and what the, the producers of that game were kind of intimating about the future. And I got a couple of those uh, here today. Um, you know, a lot of what we're facing these days, Strange Twist, reminds me of the old Star Trek, uh, the original, the old show, or TOS as it's sometimes called, with Shatner and Nimoy. Uh, the episode about the Archons where it was the episode where Landru is running the entire society on this planet only to be realized later that quote unquote, it was a computer, which in our parlance today, that would be, that would be AI. Um, uh, here and here and near and dear to all of us in the modern world, uh, shipping in the Pacific, uh, just a reminder. Um, what do you call it? Anything being shipped right now, uh, especially in the July, August timeframe. Remember, that's for warehousing of product for holidays in, in the West for October, November, and December. You load up your warehouses now and then you're ready to go for when the holidays hit. Um, still continues to be a major challenge right now. Uh, and the shipping rates continue to be high. Um, a lot of the problems are West Coast of the United States, but remember, a lot of that is moved by rail and truck into the rest of the United States. The other thing is, is that uh, I may I may mispronounce this. My Mandarin is not so good. Xian uh, uh, is a major port in China. It was closed this week due to COVID restrictions. So, in a word, uh, I know we keep saying this on the show, but but there's additional detail that backs up what we've been saying on the show. the The inflation will continue. The prices will increase. There'll probably be some shortages. So, don't go crazy and you know buy out all the toilet paper at your local grocery store. But but continue to stock up. It probably will do you do you good to do that. Um, someone tried to shoot down the president of. Col- and Bellas,
1: we just Bellas? lost your mic, Bellas. Sorry, sorry. There you go. Press,
2: here you go. press on my no Somebody worries. tried to shoot down the uh, president of Colombia <laughs> this week. That's still
0: under investigation. Shoot down? Yes. Holy smokes! I mean, Colombia, yes. dude. The, the folks, I'm telling you right now, as, as exceptional fan swirls the toilet bowl of, of build back better. <laughs> you're you're going to you're going to see when this thing comes apart. People don't understand when when an empire like this dies and falls apart. It's going to create all sorts of reverberations and watch what happens to Central and South America, man. Holy crap.
2: Well, and we've been talking about Colombia here on the show, folks, yes. as well as Chile and Peru and a number of the things going on there. Um, shifting back to the United States, uh, the judge in the Maxwell case, some of you probably have seen this coming out in the news in the past 24 hours. The judge in the Maxwell case said they intend to release the information that links Bill Clinton with Maxwell. If you dig a little deeper into that story, um, They're also releasing information about the Clinton Foundation, which is even more interesting. Um, So the net net of that is uh, be looking in the news this weekend uh, that possibly this Sunday, the judge's residence in Florida will collapse and be labeled a suicide. We don't know. Um, There's a theory out there about why the police are defunding um, or why police defunding, pardon me, and the violence, obviously, that's occurring as a result across the country that is part of a bigger strategy. Uh, and the, the theory that's been kicked around out there in the alt space is, is that it may be an attempt to place law enforcement across the country into more of a national police force under federal control. Um, I'm not going to dig into that too much. And the United States, since its foundation has worked hard to avoid a national police force, um, yes, we have the FBI, but that's more of an investigative agency, but again, something, something to keep an eye on, um. Gerald Salente in his usual colorful way was uh, absolutely off the rails this week. His, <laughs> his predictions folks were that the fed will not raise interest rates for some time.
0: No. Nope.
2: And he said the markets will go higher as a result. Um, he, one of his takes on this was, as he said, what you'll probably see is financial and any energy firms are going to continue to buy up huge amounts of their own stock, which will further pump up the markets. Now, I hate to say this, but this is like MBA 101 is is in this is kind of an unfair statement, but it's like on exec, senior executives who aren't really savvy at what they do, like when they've absolutely run out of options, they just buy back stock. It's like there's a lot of other ways you could more effectively manage your business, but the net of it is is that keep, keep an eye on that because you're going to see a lot of buybacks. And then the other thing is he provided a bit more uh, clarity about the Blackstone purchases of homes and things. Um, rents are going to continue to increase because folks are being priced out of home ownership again so as a result rental actual rental apartments and rental home costs will increase in parallel now his comment was as blackstone to date is only owning about four percent of the u.s housing market although we're talking about the entire continental united states there um but he said one of the reasons why they've done that was, was obviously fairly clever because they're trying to get their hands on on rental homes because they know those those rates are going to get up. Um, my prediction on this is two things. First, people will be willing to, to travel longer distances to get the cost of living down. Um, there's an old saying by friends of mine um, on the West Coast about uh, you drive until you can afford it. Like wherever your job is, you just start driving until you reach a place that you can afford living there. Um Second, I think this is going to be a further pressure on companies and organizations, whether you work in the public or private sector, for people to want to work virtually. Uh, I th- the amount of pushback that's out there on coming back to work is heavy. Even organizations where friends of mine work or where I work are open to the idea or have flat out told us it'll be like three days in the building next week. The week after is just two, that sort of thing, and kind of spreading it out. Yeah. Um, Remember folks, the Latin phrase caveat lector means let the reader beware. Mm. Um, Always double check. Um, Something positive. uh, If you're seeking something to do or perhaps a good life moment with the kids, uh, this may sound a little odd, but um, there's always volunteering opportunities to clean the headstones at veterans cemeteries. The marble that they use tends to kind of build up some bacteria and stuff kind of turns them black. Uh, There are VA groups and other management groups, um, of veteran cemeteries that are more than happy for the help. Uh, in a lot of cases, they tend to kind of set up groups of people that do this as, as charitable work. They'll walk you through how to clean the marble. You don't want to do it yourself. Don't don't even if you're trying to do the right thing, you got to be careful. The marble does not react well if you use the wrong kind of cleaners. Um, but I've known folks who've done this and, and they found it very rewarding and had a good, uh, good experience with their kids um, posted a clip uh, again, Tuesday, 29th uh, on the hashtag Vellis and, um, Patrick Bet-David, who's really good, um, he had a uh, interview with John McAfee uh, yeah. on, on May of 2018. And he then followed up, uh, Bet-David did this week, with his own commentary about his thoughts on what may or may not have occurred with McAfee and his experiences working with him. Um, a couple of the things I found interesting from that interview was is McAfee at one point, while well, he was talking to to Bet-David, he said, of course all governments are paranoid. There's something wrong if they aren't. Uh, they're terrified of losing power. Um, his other gem was to the effect of, uh, "Look, everybody, it's your life. If you're using free systems like social media, somebody has an angle. Right. Your your privacy is up to you, and you own that. Don't don't ever count on others when it comes to your quality of life. And you know, it's a statement of the obvious, but but uh, a good a good reminder. And then lastly, you know, he he frequently kept repeating this this idea that he said, "Look, the media." is a for-profit industry. Their job is not to inform. It's kind of like what I said about Washington, D.C., and I know it's a, it's a violently old statement. It's been said in New York finance as much as it's been said in Washington, D.C. or any government on this planet. Um, the most One of the most valuable things out there is information. Uh, Bill P., thank you very much. Um, one of the most valuable things around the world is information, and so people guard information jealously. This, this is why... Um, Oh, dear God, a couple of the private uh, Intel firms that are out there like Stratfor got got in such trouble because they were providing excellent um, Intel and guidance to federal agencies for 130 bucks a month. And the Intel community got violently mad, understandably so, because people in Washington were asking, why are we spending all this money? uh, on you guys and, and multi-billion dollar satellites in orbit, or I can just go read Stratfor and get everything I need to know. So I'll pause at that point, uh, before I move into the buried treasure, but, but, uh, V and CJ, any, any thoughts on what I laid out there?
0: Um, no, no. I okay. Think, cool. uh,
2: yeah. Go ahead. So let's talk about buried treasure. <laughs> let's do it. And on an associated level, why Flowers by Irene uh, is quickly becoming the best uh, for higher mafia outfit uh, for powerful corporations, states and government officials. I was going to cover the following weeks ago, uh, but something happened at the bottom end of this about the state of Pennsylvania that kind of brought it back into the, the public eye. So um, what am I talking about? You know, since the 1990s. Um, I noticed a pattern with a lot of the governments around the world whenever, predominantly with with treasure, somebody's pulling out of the water. But um, treasure anywhere in the world, uh, it's always amazing. The minute somebody finds some Spanish galleon or something, that, that out of the lawyers in these various governments. And in a lot of cases, you know, especially if you're dealing with warships that have gone down uh, at sea, you know, I mean, those are, those are war graves. Those are not to be touched. Uh, even the Titanic was was declared a similar thing uh, by various maritime agencies. And they know, they know darn well other, other nefarious organizations have gone down there and taken stuff off the ship uh, to sell it to collectors and things. So a couple of examples. We had the SS Central America. Now, that was the ship that went down in 1857. Uh, it was bringing gold from California to the East Coast uh, when it sank. Uh, many people credited it as to leading to the financial panic of 1857 because there wasn't uh, real money, you know, in the form of, of metals to back script currencies that the states were using at that time. And, of course, we know that a few years later, in 1861, the Civil War began. When they finally did pull up the cargo, and I've seen the coins and stuff. You can buy them. Um, it's kind of one of the one of the side things about what happened there. Uh, they're all in, in unbelievably pristine condition. Um, But the cargo was locked up for 10 years while various federal courts argued about who has the right to have it. Now, in this case, it was a victory, if you will, for the good guys because the salvagers were able to keep the cargo. But that's 10 years in the courts, folks, and that's going to cost you. Um, There is a Spanish galleon, sometimes called in some circles the Black Swan. They're not quite sure um, what the ship's name was, Uh, but they pulled up a cargo of about 500 million dollars of uh, gems and other things from that ship. In 2007, the government uh, of Spain sued in a number of different courts, and they succeeded in getting the treasure turned over to them in international court. Now, there was a further legal battle in the United States, and all of these legal battles were pretty nasty. Um, But the U.S. court case suddenly went in Spain's favor, and there were a lot of rumors at the time that 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 was a, a deal by the United States government that we would let Spain win that case as favors to us uh, in other areas internationally where we needed their help. Um, So that one, the salvagers lost their shirt on that one. And then we have one of the two bigger ones, which is we have a vessel known as the RMS Republic. That's the famous White Star Line. That one sank in 1909. Now, this one's got a lot of controversy behind it. The rumor was the ship was carrying gold bullion to prop up the Tsar's economy after Imperial Russia lost to Japan. It was also supposedly carrying the payroll when, around that time, we had something called the Great White Fleet, where the United States was sailing around this massive squadron of warships around the world to kind of prove to everybody that we were to be taken seriously and similar. Now, one of those sidebars about things like that is, is that every time those ships docked somewhere, the crew needed to be paid. So the, the belief was the vessel was carrying both the pay for the, the Great White Fleet, where they were going to uh, meet with them in Gibraltar, as well as the Tsar's money. Now, there's been pushback on that story saying, well, the Tsar's government actually got the, the money they needed from this other vessel. Um, there was a book written about this uh, by Martin Bayerly. Uh He's a salvager and the whole thing reeks of cover up. Winston Churchill was involved at one point. He prevented any kind of maritime investigation by the British Admiralty into the sinking. It's like evidently the only time that ever happened. So what's going on? Well, the cargo in today's dollars is somewhere between 5 to 10 billion. And I would also point out there's no sign of foul play with this ship. I know a lot of times conspiracies tend to come up about these things. Um the, the, what happened was, is there was a lot of fog. Uh, the ship left quickly in the middle of the night, which kind of lends to this, this whole storyline. Uh, they ran into another vessel. Um, there was a collision. The passengers were all safely moved over to another another ship. Um, one of the things that adds to this intrigue is, is you got Martin Baerly who for years has been uh, working through various courts and maritime agencies around the world to have the vessel declared his to salvage. Uh, at the time of these events, we've got a ton, a ton of shadowy British officials trying to provide the czar money without anybody knowing about it. We've got weird banking agreements in New York that were taking place in the middle of the night. And then when the vessel left, the passengers were all kind of hastily boarded, no explanation given, a whole bunch of rather odd people with this last-minute cargo that was loaded, et cetera. Et cetera. So why do a lot of folks want this whole mess to go away? Well, there's a lot of embarrassment, even even today, about what happened here. There's a lot of banks and things that would have a little bit of explaining to do. Um, the Russian government has said they have no claim on this and they wish barely luck. My take on it is 5 to $10 billion, if actually pulled out of the water, um, may, cause, uh, may cause some people to take this uh, a little differently. And then, and then the biggest one of all. Uh, there's a Spanish galleon called the San Jose. It was it was discovered back in 2015 off Cartagena, Colombia. Um, in today's dollars, this this one is considered the the Holy Mother of all shipwrecks. This one is 15 to 20 billion dollars. Um, she was carrying gold, silver, and emeralds. They they got out of Peru when when uh, the Spanish were there. The other thing about this vessel and why it was so heavily loaded was Spain was in the middle of a war of succession. So the money on this ship was needed to help Spain. One of the factions, uh, fund their battle. Um, as it is right now, Colombia refuses to disclose where the ship is located. Uh, there's a ton of claimants who've been warming up the courts over this one. And then of course we have Colombia, who I don't say this lightly is probably on the border of a civil war at this point. Uh, and then the, the aforementioned president almost getting, uh, shot down. Um, the other thing too is, um, you know, the Larouche organization uh, seminar that took place—the multi-panel discussion last weekend. Yes. Also brought up a lot of things about what's going on in
0: Colombia. So, again, that's fifteen. Well, let me ask you this real Go quick: the the president of Colombia when he was getting shot down, uh, was it a surface-to-air missile? Is it like shoulder-launched? Or I do it? I do not know. I don't know that it was in the in the genre, folks.
2: They call that a man pad when you have a, a shoulder-launched it, yeah. missile um i don't know whether it was uh, weapons fire whether it was a missile i don't know what it's just will somebody attempt to shoot them down i mean well <laughs> that's that's a million things and then if you really want to scare the crap out of people uh did somebody try and use uh which was profiled in a movie recently somebody try and use a series of of uh drones to swarm around the aircraft to try and cause it to come down i mean there's the possibilities are endless yeah um but, yeah, I mean, 15 to $20 billion. I mean, you're going to get Bill Gates' attention with a number that big. And for a country like Colombia, who could prop up a lot of their social challenges with that money. Um, and, you know, there's other wrecks that are out there uh, and, and other lost cargos and things that are missing somewhere on land. So let me try and unpack a bit of this. Um, I always love these situations because, like I said, you know, maritime law... I hate to use the the uh, who was it Stalin or Lenin? One of them made a comment about agreements are like pie crusts; they're meant to be broken. Maritime laws, has been pretty clear, and most folks tend to obey maritime law just because you don't want to be the country that that's you know suddenly decides. Well, we're only going to obey it when it's in our best interest. And like I said, a lot of these ships are considered a grave or a war grave, depending on what what the vessel was. But. Like, for instance, with Spain, because Spain tends to get involved in in a lot of these for a number of reasons, because, you know, they were galleons and things pulling loot out of the, the Americas. But, you know, from a political science, international affairs perspective, my first thought is, Spain, how many governments have you gone through since the 1500s? I mean, holy God, which who's in charge right now? I mean, it's like, what is your legal claim on this? And, of course, I brought up on a prior show, you know, when when Imperial Russia fell, the incoming Soviet Union said, we take no responsibility for Imperial Russia's debts, which a lot of governments around the world were not happy to hear that, nor were their banks. Then when the Soviet Union collapsed in 1991, the new Russian government and new Ukrainian and related governments, Uzbekistan, Tajikistan, and the list goes on, they all said, we're not taking any ownership of Soviet debt, Uh, rinse and repeat. But the minute somebody finds gold and silver somewhere, uh, well, you know everything changes. And the other thing too is the media tends to get kind of cryptic when these discoveries are made. And I, in my own opinion, I think that's by design. Um, they they don't they don't want people talking about this stuff because they know powerful players have a stake in getting their paws on this and. You know, I, I actually know an attorney who was involved in trying to hunt down assets of Enron after they went bankrupt, and there was a lot of stuff they were able to find, but it took years. You need forensic accountants. You got to prove things are actually worth what they are, even though they've gone bankrupt or whatever it might be. You pull up a Spanish galleon with, with mint conditions, gold coins, and silver coins, and uh, the historical significance of that stuff, which adds to the value, and then rare gems. And God forbid, because this has happened a couple of times you actually find let's say aztec or incan objects that were not melted down or something Um, it all it all adds to how much money you're going to get out of it but as we've often said on rogue it's real money it's gold and silver and it's precious stones i mean de beers is running an empire out of south africa just on diamonds and and other precious stones that they they manage so now i'm going to pull in pennsylvania Some of you may or may not be familiar with this story. There were a group of treasure hunters, Dennis and Kim Parada, and they had pinned down um, some missing gold from the Civil War, where a shipment of gold to, again, pay soldiers, got waylaid because of the Battle of Gettysburg. And a lot of these things happened in 2017, 2018, but it was kind of quietly being dealt with in the courts. And... In a strange twist, what happened was the treasure hunters became concerned about other people stealing their claims, so they called in the FBI for assistance. And the FBI told the father and son, duo to go sit in the car, and the FBI brought in some people with real high-end equipment and came back and said, no, there's nothing there. And so then the public affairs office of the of the FBI said, there's nothing to the story. But then the FBI sealed all the records on it and told a federal judge to get bent. So in the last few weeks, what's happened is, is that there's a lot of documentation that's come out. Um, The FBI has basically acknowledged their motivation was the FBI didn't want Pennsylvania to seize it. (laughs) Now, legally, it is the property of the United States government. But what tends to happen in the situations is, is the states and the feds will kind of work out quietly. Okay, you know, what's this worth? How do we sell it, et cetera? But the deeper element to me here is, is, as many of you are aware, United States states, they have to balance their budgets, unlike the federal government. Feds can run up as much debt as they want, but U.S. states have to balance their books. And PA, Pennsylvania, as we know, is in a lot of trouble these days, and they need that money. <laughs> it would help out immensely. Now, how much are we talking? Well, it's like $400 million. I'm pretty sure the last I checked, Pennsylvania could use $400 million. $400 million. The other thing too is we've seen law enforcement agencies bolster their revenue or their funding by seizing property, even though if you're found innocent later, under most U.S. states, those law enforcement agencies don't need to pay you back. That's that's a show in and of itself. So,
1: fellas, we lost your audio again. B, oh. are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, uh, did you hit the mute on accident, Velas? Let me see. No, I'm here. Okay, there, you're back. You're back. Okay, yeah, we lost you about four four seconds ago. Oh,
2: okay. Where 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 was I? <laughs>
1: <laughs> was
2: I in Pennsylvania yet? Pennsylvania. Yes, you just started okay. in Pennsylvania. Yep. Yep. All right. So the net on the Pennsylvania thing. I apologize. I got disconnected there. The net on the Pennsylvania thing is is that. The FBI got involved because they didn't want the state of Pennsylvania seizing $400 million in missing civil war gold. Now, it's federal property, and it's still, unlike the example of Spain, it's still the same U.S. government as it was in the 1860s. But the thing is, is that whenever these things tend to happen, states can sometimes get money from findings like this. Uh, And Pennsylvania is in a lot of trouble financially, and $400 million will definitely bolster their, their financials. So I find this kind of funny because it's like everybody who can make a claim on this is trying to make a claim on this. The treasure hunters had a legal a legal angle on this and were kind of uh, blocked. But last but not least, the thing that just adds to it is there. it's now also been revealed a Pennsylvania state government employee told the treasure hunters that they would be able to get um, a form that would allow them to legally dig it up and not have to turn it over to anybody. And the state official said, keep this on the down low, and I want 10% of the haul. So, I mean, it's like the FBI wants it because the FBI wants it. The state of Pennsylvania wants it. We got local officials trying to get in and find a way to, to literally, I'm not, this is exactly the language that was used, to get a couple of gold bars out of this. And everybody just starts losing their mind the minute you have any kind of precious metals out there or other materials that could be quickly cashed in. And let's be candid. We know Spain, like Greece and other countries, are dealing with extreme financial problems. And so every time somebody phones... I I, I
0: thought gold was a barbarous relic.
2: Well, just like crypto, it's all uh, all yesterday because everything now is a rental.
0: Right. I I mean, can't we just rent the gold? <laughs> right. Oh my God! Can we run the? Court? You know, you know it, that that's actually what happens. I'll be honest with you. If you you know when you know being the L, uh, within the LBMA, I, I can tell you right now that there are. Uh, <laughs> I'll give you an example. Bank A needs to uh, procure an X amount for their credit line. They need to bolster up their reserves. They contact Bank B and say, "Hey, can you move X amount of tons of gold into our vault?" Bank B says, "Sure, we'll loan it to you at X amount of price." So they do a temporary loan; they basically rent it out. Okay, the gold for a certain fee, and ju- and, and the vo- and the gold never leaves the vault. It's just a ledger change, right? Yes. And now Bank yes. A procures their their funding. I mean, it's ridiculous, man.
2: Well, and we've we've discussed on the show, folks, and I'm I'm gonna uh, touch upon the topic of the World Trade Centers again in a in an upcoming show nothing nothing crazy just some of the things that happened back in 93 but we've covered on another show that if you weren't in the banking world if you weren't in the high end finance world and there's nothing uh, secretive about it it's just it's like any I've said this often it's like any industry where if you don't work in it it may sound kind of um you know like wow uh, when you hear certain things in certain yeah. industries but it's just it's just it's just the nature of that industry the the world trade centers before the attacks on nine 11, you know, they had these vaults under the buildings, like what V is talking about. And as technology got better, I mean, literally it was areas marked on the floor with cameras that never turned off. And if Germany told the French, you know, we need, and this is like prior to the Euro, we need to bolster the, the Reichsmark against the Frank. Um, they would just literally pick up a pallet of metal and move it over. And the French are like, okay, you're cool. I mean, there's no, like I mentioned about the RMS Republic, there's no need to ship precious metals across open oceans and take all these risks and everything else. It's just kind of a, uh, and I'm using this in a generic sense, it's the gentleman's agreement that just says, yeah, I know you moved a a pallet of platinum over, and we're cool. Um, Anything else on that topic before I move into a subject called triggers? Um, No. Okay. So last item. Um, And this is where we kind of get into Roswell. Uh, I wanted to talk about terms or concepts that sometimes trigger federal law enforcement or the intelligence community. And a lot of times these triggers can be things that for many people, they may not even really understand what the significance is. Um, case in point, you know, let's say a couple of years ago, a couple of months ago, Somebody started chatting on the internet about Cicada 3031 or unit 8, 8200. If you're not familiar with what those things are, I mean, it's it's like me talking to you in Babylonian. You don't even know what I'm, I'm referencing. But there's other people that kind of with a wink and a nod will tell you, oh, yeah, I know what that is. And then you got other people whose reaction would be, why in the hell are you even talking about that? So you've got people out there who find themselves spending hours with federal agencies without the benefit of their lawyer, trying to explain why they were looking into something or whatever. And in many of those cases, it's not even the person's fault. It's just they stumbled into something and didn't understand that. It's like, yeah, I know you're looking into that. We'd appreciate it if you'd behave yourself and not not do that again. Um, another example is you know when mafia leaders were being interviewed by the government and there were investigations into the mafia back in the 50s, and that's, that's a whole other topic. But a lot of times the mafia would you know representatives or whatever would would sit there and you'd have u.s government officials looking at them saying well what about this when it comes to the mafia what about your mafia organization or whatever these folks would sit there and shrug and go i don't know what you're talking about because because the word mafia meant nothing to them until certain officials started using the words Cosa nostra it's like oh well Cosa nostra that's different i mean it's no different than saying well russian mafia it's like well but outside of that community, that word means nothing. If you were to say "avortitia" or say Vorvi zaconia or the "vor," well, that's that's a different world. So sometimes people set this stuff off like like a landmine without without meaning to. And the other thing is, we now more and more have these systems out there that are monitoring and looking for the use of these terms. Now in the old days, and we'll we'll talk about the Echelon system on a on a future show. Um, that system was used back in the 90s uh, and um, was searching for certain key terms and things in use in email or similar. What what we've got today is is way beyond that. And, and we really are kind of getting into the artificial intelligence world at that, at that level. So I'm going to use the Roswell topic for some bullet points I've got coming here for several reasons. Number one, I know almost all of you are familiar with it. The second is it's a multifaceted topic. And There's no single event like, oh, well, Roswell was this. Uh, It's got way more subtlety to it than that. And the other reason why, whether it's me or other guests here on Rogue or other folks out there who have their own shows, sometimes are working through these mental Olympics when we try and explain stuff because we're trying to inform, but we don't want to wake up Cerberus to come looking for us, (laughs) which makes it a challenge. So, from other content that's in the public domain, and especially some of the books written by Nick Redfern, until about the 1980s, the UFO community and UFO literature, there really wasn't much discussion about um, the Roswell topic or or Majestic 12 and things like that. That that all tended to kind of suddenly hit hit the airwaves with books and other things and some documentaries that came out in the late later 1980s. So walk with me on the following, which is, let's say in the 1950s or early 1970s, you're an author, you're a researcher, you're a hobbyist who's just into this topic matter. And you start looking in, into certain things. So you start investigating the term and the history of Roswell in the public domain. Is there any kind of response? Not really. Nobody cares. I mean, sure, in those years, it's not as well known as it is today, but it's not worth anybody getting upset about it. Somebody comes to you and says, well, I've got somebody who knows somebody who was at the Air Force Base at Roswell in those years. Well, that can be ignored immediately because there was no Air Force Base, not until 47, 48. It was an Army Air Base or AAF back in those days. So you start digging into the Bra- uh, Max Braswell Ranch. Okay, nobody is still getting out of their chairs yet. You start talking about Lincoln County in New Mexico. Okay. Somebody on the federal side just turned a coffee pot on. Then you start digging into Lincoln County, Japanese high-altitude balloons, and the Horton flying wing that the Germans were working on. Now those people are starting to drink the coffee. Someone anonymously comes by your place and drops off an an envelope on your door, and it's got stories in it and photos of high-altitude parachute drops and documents that look classified about high-altitude balloons looking for signatures of Soviet tests. You review it, but you put it off to the side. You think this is disinformation or somebody's trying to throw you off. So then you start trying to acquire 10 or more years of safety records at White Sands test range and other missile test ranges in the Southwest. Then you discover there are no safety records for those years. And even other federal agencies say, yeah, there should be those records. We don't know where they are. And, you know, that's that's a felony to not have those records inside the government. I don't know what happened. Now you're putting more pieces together, and now the people drinking the coffee just spilled the coffee and they're paying more attention to you. So then you start asking people uh, and looking into why were people going missing from health sanitariums back in those years, People who had had heavy mental impairments or things like that. Now they've turned off the coffee pot, they're grabbing their suit jackets, and they're leaving the buildings. <laughs> and then lastly, you start looking into Oak Ridge and why were people from Oak Ridge? In New Mexico in those years. And now your neighbors have noticed that your lawn isn't mowed and your mail's piling up. (laughs) And they go into your house and find that your coffee pot's turned over and there's no trace of you. Now I'm being a bit a bit dramatic there when I go through that. But my point is, unless you have deep knowledge of topics like this, the bullet points I just listed, especially out of context or or disordered, might not make a lot of sense. But to people that are into this stuff, they'll understand. What really those different things are, are referring to. And it's a much deeper subject because it's Deus Ex Machina, you know, God's in the machine. But that's kind of the example I'm trying to give is whether it is the hacking collective known as Cicada 3031 or 8200, which is um, a Mossad uh, intelligence group, all that stuff's out there. But you know, and this is why the dark web is so dangerous, because there are so many different people out there who've planted data in the dark web, which are essentially honeypods. They're trying to get your attention. They're trying to see if you'll bite. Uh, even if you go on a – on a, um, because the Internet is so locked down on U.S. military bases. Um, if you go on to certain U.S. military bases and you're having trouble getting on the network and new new hires who aren't as as savvy about how these things are done – will log into a wireless network that they see is available. And the next thing you know, Air Force or Army or Navy security is standing next to your desk asking you, what, what do you think you're doing? And it's it's a honeypot. They, they just want us. It's like, yeah, we know you can't get your job done and we know it's really frustrating and we know that getting access to the network's a bear, but we don't care. Why are you trying to hotwire your way, you know, into a wireless network that you found on the base? The wireless network you, you logged into is is a plant. And it's the same thing in washington dc you'll see you'll see wireless spots all over washington and other major cities and any it security person will tell you that a lot of those they'll even let you on the internet you won't notice anything but it's pumping something into your into your system and so when researchers are out there digging into stuff and this is kind of where it goes back to danny castellaro and the promise software and things like that that danny was doing there's always a point at which when you dig into these topics You kind of have to know when you're going too far. You've said too much. Everything I've just talked about is either conjecture. uh, There's books that have been written. Not a single thing I just said is not in the public domain. But, you know, you got to kind of dig into this stuff to even know half half of what I just referenced. But there's a lot of that out there now. And the takeaway I would offer is, is that the concern I have, among many, is more and more people are getting in trouble for having a cell phone that was on anywhere near the Capitol on Jan 6th and more and more people are stumbling into stuff without meaning to in the old days, not to be indelicate. You, you dug into, let's say us developing stealth aircraft. Somebody'd stop by and just say, Hey, look, I mean, it was never, it's not the KGB. They're not going to come in and start beating the heck out of your kids in front of you. (laughs) That comes later. Um, Right now it's like, look, you know, we'll we'll cut you five percent off on your next tax bill when you submit your taxes this year. You know, be a good American. All right, yeah, you saw a weird-looking triangular aircraft flying over the desert. It'd be really great if you just kind of forget that ever happened. You know, do do the right thing for the good of the country. But now we've got automated software made by people who are fallible and agencies that are constantly trying to prove that they should deserve the budget they have. And Mike Moore just this morning, in fact, was going off about, which is true, the degree to which the CIA and the NSA can't stand each other because they're fighting over the same authority and they're fighting over the same budget. So this is why I made a comment the other day about people People have even asked me, well, where where do you think John McAfee put the 30 terabytes or whatever the heck it is of data? It's like, first of all, I don't know it exists. If it does exist, knowing McAfee, it would be really hidden. And no, it was not in the building in Florida that that collapsed. That's that's been disproven.
0: Well, um, I, I I heard it was in the building in Florida and his son was there and they were all part of uh, and actually the guy who was actually really cute and the crash helmets. They were there, too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but the thing is, is, folks, you got to you got to be cautious. And this is why my I I'm pretty sure I said this on a prior show. But if I didn't. This is why, when it comes to really good hackers, both industry-approved, licensed—you know, the modern equivalent of of privateers, uh, licensed pirates, if you will—hackers um, that go out there, or just just IT security people who know what they're doing, they can tell whether or not these files are real or planted or aged or BS or whatever, and that's what they do. And I leave it to them whether it's McAfee or other topics, to go dig into that stuff and figure out is it legitimate or not. But just in years of, of my own read of, of UFO topic matter for years because I always I was found it interesting. And it's like well, on one of my first shows I did with V and CJ. I brought up the thing about there were a whole bunch of UFO researchers who God love them and they, they, they believed it with all their heart and I totally understand why. Um, but it's like I think they're hiding it in the U.S. Geological Survey Agency. Well, why do you think that? Well, because they're monitoring MUFON regularly, and they're they're looking at UFO reports and this, that, and the other. And it's like, okay, uh, let's be good academics here. Let's dig into that. What, Where are they looking? Well, it looks mostly in the Southwest. Well, if you dig a little further, you're going to find most of, most of their monitoring of UFO reports are along seismic faults. Because, as I said on that first show last October, there's an argument in academia about whether or not plate tectonics causes lightning or other atmospheric events before you get an earthquake you have one group of academics who are usually running that agency saying there's no truth to that you've got new academics coming up saying i gotta wait until you retire before we can start talking about this stuff because all your academic work was written based on the theory that says there's no truth to that but where do they get their best data well they go to MUFON every time the, the mutual UFO network saw something weird the Seismic people would go out there and say, I think we're having some some things going on with the faults in that particular area in California or other parts of the US. And they would re-review the data and sometimes find, oh yeah, we we missed something. But their their early warning system was we're gonna go look at we're gonna go look at these atmospheric data and where's you know, NOAA and OAA is not monitoring that to the do- degree that we need. Well, who's doing it? Well, USGS is. But it doesn't mean that USGS is is hiding classified research money for area 51 it's it's a misread but it doesn't mean that there's people who are going to get angry at you if you start digging into that well yeah but not for the reason you think it's it's because as strange as it is it's just bureaucracy (laughs) it's the government acting like the government it's it's we don't want to talk about this because i've written five books on this topic and you're going to make me look bad if you help these guys prove that that there's some truth to this so with that i'll i'll step back and let v
1: and cj comment yeah, I mean, <clears throat> very interesting, um, Velas, and I think it, it um, like what you stated, I think it, it, it leads to further conversation to uh, get a better understanding of of how these things unfolded, how the information, the data is collected. Um, it's it's what I always I always fear the most, not necessarily fear, but whenever I think the most is when you hear like, "Hey, there's a new." encrypted message system that's the the best out there or hey yes, there's this yes. there's this browser that doesn't track you and everything it's like okay you know is it better to stay on a very public system like a google or whatever versus something that claims that not knowing or even even using a, a virtual private network like a, 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 what, what's the virtual private yeah vpn using a v- vpn it's like okay yeah you you know who's using those things and for what, you know, and, and do they know in the long run who, who actually at the end of the day gets that data to know specifically uh, where that actual IP address is coming from and what do they do with that data? Um, I mean, look at recently what happened with the
0: Anom app that was created by the FBI and it was disseminated to the underground criminal networks and everybody started like messaging on there. Right. And there was like a massive global bust. I mean, you know, you, you don't know. And I think the, the key here is open source software is always the key. The key here is, you know, it's um, like if you are going to get a VPN, get something that's like outside of the U.S., you know, that that's not part of their jurisdictional control. It's so vital, so important. Go ahead,
1: no, but I think I think that that, you know, that narrows it down to understand how some of these things were created. And, you know, it goes back to, you know, Ross, Ross Ulbricht and what Ross created with the uh, Silk Road. Uh, was was was, you know, considered dangerous, you know, creating a complete market free enterprise, everything ranging from, you know, not that he necessarily created the actual what was on there, but from assassinations to illicit drugs. I mean, they're like, wait a minute, this is this is getting a little bit too carried away. Um, So for that reason. But yeah, I think those systems can be created. I'm not I'm not saying that every everything out there is is a is a government controlled thing, but. You just need to be be mindful of that as you you go to share information or, you know, use the proton email because you feel that that's, you know, whatever it is. Right. And I take the opposite approach. I keep everything very public. I keep everything very out there and, and almost like, you know, nothing to hide if it's there, you know, uh, because I, I guess in my belief system, I, I firmly believe that our physical sense of why we're here. Um, is is one reason. However, the next level of consciousness that we reach is uh, beyond the physical sense that we currently do. So I don't necessarily fear them, you know, either coming after me or or even death for that matter. I I, I truly don't. So, but that's that's me. I get why some people don't don't think that way, um, but that's just just where I've arrived from understanding just how corrupt you know everything is out there uh, in the current system that we currently operate in. It's just. Um, I, I don't I don't have much faith in any of the systems that are out there and, and, and in particular with, you know, with with government. So but great, great stuff, fellas. Really good stuff. Well, and the, the point also
2: I'm trying to leave all of you in the audience with is a couple of things. And that is there was more of and this is true of so many things in our lives. There was more of a human element, you know, in many years past and decades past. If um, we didn't we didn't have to worry about the ambiguity of whether or not a traffic uh, speed camera caught you. I mean, there was there were police officers with speed guns or just, you know, had marks on the road that let them know if, if they timed you that you passed through those marks at a certain speed back in the 60s, you were, you were going too fast. We, we've removed the human element from everything from your appeals with the government for the Treasury Department or whatever it might be to just, well, some software somewhere has said you've screwed up. And that's especially as we saw Snowden and Manning and some of these other disclosures. And I certainly saw it working for... Uh, the contracts I worked under, the more automated it became and the more triggered, uh, and I'm using that in, in several levels, the more triggered that software became about, well, this this person has done this or this person has done this or they've looked into. And the other challenge, too, is candidly, <laughs> as so many governments around the world, including our own, are trying to hide so many secrets. And the secrets in a lot of cases, folks, as kind of disheartening as this is, is, is not... <laughs> The stuff of TV or the X-Files, unfortunately, it's just that they screwed up. Uh, They made a mistake. Um, They may have misread the data. Uh, I'll leave that last comment kind of wide open on the last year we've been living through. Mm, Um, mm. And so they're trying to cover up what I've often said, which is when I worked in Washington with a number of different agencies as a management consultant, I saw over and over again the fear. Uh, the panic, if you will. And I was there back in 2008. I mean, holy crap, when when people's homes are getting foreclosed in, in really nice neighborhoods and things, you'd you'd go to the bars in Washington and you'd hear staffers, you'd hear the other consultants, other people I knew to look for, all saying the same thing, that no elected official wanted to go back to their home district. That certain elect, and this is 2008. People were concerned about going home because "quote unquote," they had they had voters looking for them, kind of thing. Um, I remember hearing uh, young staffers on both the Democrat and Republican party side, where the leadership of those parties were like almost yelling at Congress people and senators, saying, "Would you please go back to your home district? This looks bad." And it's like, "No, I I don't know if one of my voters is <laughs> coming after me with a bat." But but what was beneath the surface? They didn't know what to do. You know, Congress, this is no joke, Congress and the the House of Representatives, 2008, I believe it was, or 2009, they had a five-year project to have one of the major high-end consulting firms provide a study to help them understand derivatives. Mm. Five years. Are you kidding me?
0: No, I'm dead serious. (laughs) They should have just called me. I would have explained it in five minutes. Well, they could call. I'm I'm saying this with complete
2: humor. They could have called Jim Cramer, um, <laughs> with his buzzers, um, sell, sell, sell. Um, but uh, there, first of all, that that to me is just another Washington racket about we need five years. But the other thing was is, is folks I spoke to, and these are like young twenties, you know, staffers and stuff working for both parties, and they're they're looking at me over a drink in D.C. saying, "Well, some of the folks we work with are saying that they're hoping that if it's five years, the public will forget." That they don't they don't know anything about this, that even even the subcommittees who deal with financial issues they don't understand the problem. And so when you have a country as large as the United States, 350, give or take, a few 10, 20 million people, and um, a multi-trillion dollar economy, some people will look at a situation like them bailing out the banks as well, at least somebody had the stones to make a decision. It may not have been pretty, but at least they, they saved our bacon, and it's like right but you also understand you've got people making those decisions that don't have actionable information and not to go down a rabbit hole they don't have actionable information because the people with the actionable information won't share it because as i said at the opening of the show the information is worth money now sprinkle in like a giant salt shaker you've got these agencies that are trying to prove their value by finding anyone who might endanger those highly paranoid government people who will pay other agencies and pay Rand Corporation and other think tanks to tell them where are the enemies. And I think there was a Mm -hmm. a lively chat going on on Discord where um, somebody was asking the question. Somebody posted uh, WSG and there were a bunch of people saying uh, on Discord, you know, what's WSG? It's like white supremacist groups. But I jumped into the conversation and I, I posted a link and I said, you're all aware of the fact that the FBI group who's supposed to study white supremacists I'm not making this up. I'm dead serious. It's like down to one guy. They have they have nothing to study because yeah. it's like okay, we got we got the clan, you know, who's been here since the 20s, and it's just a few pockets in in various parts of the country. We've got you know certainly other other militia groups and stuff, but it's like outside of a couple of people up in Michigan and no harm no foul towards our fellow Americans up there jumping out of their pickup trucks on a weekend and running through the woods wearing camo and quote unquote training and and being prepared and all that. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's some other groups out there that are far more dangerous, but right. but we keep well, pointing to that one to keep the public agitated.
1: Yeah, no, uh, great point. And, um, you know, full disclosure, I'm probably probably am deemed probably a fanboy, not not in a beta sense at this point. But I think that's why it's 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 so important in terms of uh, one of the platforms where. Uh, someone is pretty much cancel proof and 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 to me that's that's Joe Rogan you know what he's doing on his program I think he is cancel proof where he's he's became this massive thing and and I encourage everyone to go go listen to because it, it was it was very eye-opening I'm not going to do ju- doing justice and I'll be very brief but you know that was these experts who are, are basically stating that um uh, Ivor uh, mechin was purposely suppressed through the entire uh, COVID lockdown purposely because it was basically off patent, you know, very cheap. It was very effective, but with having an actual treatment for COVID, uh, they would never have been able to to greenlight the, the 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 jab. They would have never been able to 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 do that. So so go listen to it. it was an emergency type podcast that he did. He was planning on having them on uh, a few months down the road, but he had them on because YouTube was threatening to censor them and everything. So. Uh, push back to the status you know again and i think it's just you know pretty eye-opening some of the statistics that they give in terms of the treatment uh, even people who are experiencing some of the really major reactions with the jab and then leveraging and using ivermectin to help them uh, they have all they have it all so it's, it's very interesting and, and the last piece which which was made more inspirational is that and 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 i'm buying into this is that you know, we have to stop saying or, or saying that, hey, we can't say this or we no longer can do this. And what what really was refreshing was was an interview with uh, Quentin Tarantino uh, that that he had. And 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 Joe was saying, hey, you know, nowadays you can't make movies. Or it's j- difficult to make movies like that nowadays and everything. And Quentin's was like, I don't agree with that. Like they told me back of that. They told me that in the in the 80s and the late 80s with some of the violent movies that that he's done that, hey, you can't you can't. Do stuff like that i'm like i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it regardless so so again on on the platforms that we choose to do we can say and do whatever we want and we have to stop pretending like we live in this like these these tech oligarchs and everything because if our support our, if our listeners if people are listening to us really want to follow our whoever's breathing their mic you're really close to your mic um whoever wants to suppress the information and you know it, it, they can but the people that really want to listen to us and spread this information you will find us and and that's why discord Rogenews.com and all those things are so important. So we have to stop saying, well, we can't say that or we can't do that or everything else like that because there's a lot more of us than there are them. And they need to fear what we're capable of and what we can do as, as, a, as, as, as a group and countering what they're wanting to build. So that's, I know that was a long rant, but um, I'll hear no, you guys. You're spot,
2: you're spot on, CJ. And humor, humor, folks, is and, and ridicule are some of the most powerful weapons on the planet. Two examples. The, the Babylon Bee is, is literally driving people on the other side insane because it's funny. And they point out the hypocrisy through humor. The other thing is, don't forget, it was the psychological unit at the CIA who helped develop the approach that the youth movement in Serbia used to overthrow Serbia's government. And it was a series of campaigns that college students and high school students and others across Serbia used to make fun of the regime. They used humor and jokes over and over and over again to point out the hypocrisy. And then I can't recall he was on, um, oh, uh, Voice of America. And he was actually interviewed by one of the, the popular talking heads who, who even said, you know, like, you two guys, I'm amazed you're still alive. There, there are two Iranian nationals who've been running a show on Voice of America, and it's uh, only a few of them have ever been translated in English. But absolutely, if you understand anything about Iran, Iran's culture, things in the Middle East, I've watched their programs, and it is just gut wrenchingly funny. I wish they moved more of those guys' stuff into English. They they did one about um, some religious cleric in Iran had said that the the skin on the back of the elbow is the same as the skin on one's genitals. So he was suggesting that, that the Iranian government order people to cover their elbows. And so these two guys did, oh like, they did like a 10-minute skit <laughs> of various fashion trends in Iran. And it was hilarious and it was funny, but it, it pointed out the absolute absurdity of – Things like that. And that is one of our most powerful weapons right now, folks, with, I mean, I saw some killer stuff this morning, no pun intended, about the the latest of the, well, I guess the shootings are getting started early in Chicago. There was a film clip some of you can find on citizens free press of it. What well, equally surprised me was really nice vehicles, like a big Lexus sport utility vehicle and some nice suburbans and stuff. And these, these gang bangers just like pulled up next to each other in this, in this street and all hopped out and started opening fire and stuff.
0: And oh, is that the one they had like the AR, like broad daylight? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It's not That's the, ridiculous. it's not the one from earlier this week. It was from yeah. this morning.
0: It was a oh, of, oh wow.
2: It was, yeah, it was one. off a of CCT camera. Well, like seven people were shot. And, of course, you know, it's the age old thing of, of, you know, somebody comes into the emergency room with a bullet wound and it's like, what happened? (laughs) Oh, I was cleaning my gun. Um, I've noticed you're wearing a lot of colorful clothing. But as I looked at people's comments and speaking of, you know, the chats that we have here on the show, as I'm reading people's comments and postings about that shooting, they were hilarious about, you know, making fun of BLM, making fun of Antifa, making fun of other organizations and stuff saying, I wonder how this is going to get spun. Um, Oh, I can see the repression right here. It's very obvious the repression. Um, And that's, that is another page we need to turn to. I know a lot of parents are very upset, especially we've brought up off in Loudoun County and some of the other school boards. But again, the parents who brought in the big placards, you know, so that the media can get a good, a good photo op there. And have made some kind of cartoonish statements about, about content that, that kids are being subjected to and stuff. That's a very powerful weapon. It's a very powerful weapon. Governments have been brought down by humor. And I've worked in Washington, and there's a lot of people in Washington. Is that, is that why,
0: is that, is that why uh, Vladimir Zelensky is the president of Ukraine? Because he is a He is a comedian. <laughs> His job is to is to bring down the Ukraine. That.
2: Well, you remember the Robin Williams movie where he got elected president, and again, that's another one of those films that's got a lot of subtlety in it. Where he was a comedian and he was joking, saying like, "You should write me in," as you know. And he was he was a joking third candidate, but he gets elected, and then the whole movie is about about well, actually, there was this software that was. Gee, this sounds so familiar. There was this new software being used uh, to tabulate votes. And it had a glitch in it, and Robin Williams' character actually gets elected president. And this girl working for the company starts digging into it, and she's like, "Wait a minute, no, there's a software glitch." And they're trying to kill her because they're like, "We can't, we can't have the public understand that that the software's bad." And so they have to explain to Robin Williams that it's like, "Actually, you're not president." <laughs> yes, and to Mark Anthony, George Carlin. How now? Carlin said it with a lot of anger. It was still funny. I think he was just frustrated at his stage in life, but yeah, I mean, Carl and a lot of comedians, and and Bill Hicks. I mean, a lot of people have said about Bill Hicks's humor, it's probably good. Bill Hicks passed away when he did in his in his later thirties. He couldn't possibly understood he, what happened later. He came back as Alex Jones. <laughs> what was it? What was it? Somebody said the other day they somebody posted a thing where they said Bill Cosby gets out of prison, and goes to a stone wall and digs up a small box. And, and drives down to Mexico and finds Jeff Epstein cleaning a boat. That was, that was hilarious.
0: That's funny. <laughs> oh man. Any who's in What else
2: you got on your radar, man? I'm good folks. I'm good. I got a bunch of content for next week. Uh, thank you all for joining and uh, to all of you and C- uh, CJ and V, you know, safe, safe
0: 4th of July folks. Have a good one and yep. uh, be careful out there. Absolutely. Alright folks, again, once again, the, the, the website is roguenews.com, again, the paid sponsor is mycbdedibles.com, and check out Velos. he's also on the Discord, he's there all the time if you need to get on the Discord email cj at cj at roguenews.com cj at roguenews.com he'll send you the link, keeps the trolls away so the rest of us can play so go check that out, and with that being said El Cuco, take it away